Move Forward Radio is brought to you by MoveForwardPT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Find a physical therapist near you at MoveForwardPT.com. You're listening to Move Forward Radio, a podcast featuring interviews with physical therapists and other healthcare experts with advice on how you can move forward. Welcome to Move Forward Radio. I'm Jason Bellamy. There were times in Grant Hill's NBA career in which he struggled to stay on the court. His long list of injuries led to numerous surgeries, including five ankle procedures. But there were also times when Grant Hill never seemed to leave the court, which is why he ranks among the top 75 players in NBA history in terms of minutes played. You don't make it through 19 seasons of the NBA without playing through pain, And in this episode of Move Forward Radio, the current NBA analyst reflects on his experiences managing pain, shares his thoughts on America's opioid epidemic, and says what he would have done differently knowing what he knows now. Here's our interview with Grant Hill. Grant, I think it's safe to say that anybody who plays in the NBA for just shy of two decades as you did has at least two things in common. Uh, The first thing, obviously, is incredible skill, and you were a seven-time All-Star the second, of course, is experience with injury. If you're going to play that long, you're going to get hurt, and you, certainly you paid your dues there, um, most famously with your with your ankle where you had repeated injuries. And my first question to you then is, as you were going through your career, did your experience with injury feel different, you know, different from your peers, or did you feel like this is playing in the NBA, this is part of the game, and if I play this game a long time, I'm going to be hurt? What What did it feel like as you were going through it? Well, you know, my career, there were different stages. Early on in my career, I was in my first six years. Um, you know, you, you'd have setbacks. You'd have situations where your body, you know, would be, you know, uncomfortable, uh, maybe hurt, if you will. Um, but you, you managed to get through. And, um, uh, and so, but for, at that point, though, there was there was really not a lot of time missed. It was just, you know, the NBA season, it's it's a marathon, it's not a sprint, it's a grind, uh, it's a physical, mental, and emotional, just, you know, every day trying to get through. And so aches and pains, bumps and bruises, um, which is kind of par for the course. Uh, and then, of course, I went through a period with my ankle, where I missed a real significant amount of my time. And I think that experience was very unusual uh, and wasn't sort of your normal standard, um, you know, professional basketball player, NBA athlete experience. Uh, Once I overcame that and came back, uh, I was older. uh, A lot more wear and tear was on my body. uh, And I eventually was able to end my career and play a lot of minutes, um, which – in and of itself was difficult <laughs> and things would happen and your body, you'd wake up one day and your body sore, and, um, you know, and, and you, you have to figure out just how to, you know, work through that. Um, so yeah, I mean, being a professional athlete, you, you said it best, you play that long, you're, you're going to experience some form of pain, some form of discomfort. Um, and you know, you, you, you learn how to, um, push through you learn how to try to overcome um but you know your your livelihood depends on you being out there on the court and so it's uh always imperative that you 
take care of yourself and try your best to be out there. So, you know, your livelihood depends on it. Obviously, it's something you're passionate about, too, so you want to be on the floor. But what was the culture around pain uh, in the NBA when you played? I mean, what, what sort of expectations did you feel about playing through pain, either from other players or coaches or fans or the media? Um, what did you feel the expectations were related to playing in pain? Well, you know, I think I mean, pain is such a personal thing, and, and everyone's pain threshold is different. And um, But I, I do think sports has evolved tremendously in that regard. I think present day there's more emphasis on recovery, uh, on rest days. Uh, I know, you know, the NBA has fewer back-to-back games, so they've altered the schedule and lengthened the season but decreased the amount of back-to-back games. Um, but that wasn't always the case. And, you know, I think when I first came into the league, it was, you know, you, you played, you know, and, and if you didn't play, then, you know, you, you were sort of looked at um, as someone who, you know, who wasn't tough or, you know, just was taking days off or uh, it was almost a badge of honor to play. And even at times when maybe you shouldn't play, uh, I know in my case, I probably needed uh, protection against that. You know, I needed some, someone, something to, to sort of protect from myself. Uh, as an athlete, sometimes you're wired, um, you know, you, you, you're down, you know, two runs and you feel like you're going to win. You know, you're down 10 points with, you know, two minutes left. You feel like you're going to win. So you're almost conditioned to think you can overcome and even even overcome uh, an injury. Uh, but you quickly learn, at least, well, not quickly, but you learn ultimately. I, it <laughs> took me a while. But, you know, your body talks to you, and you got to learn how to listen to it. And, um, and and I think that's important, and I try to convey that message to players. Um, but it's tough. I mean, you, you feel like you're letting, particularly when you're, you know, you're an important piece to the team. You're a star player. People, fans have come to watch you play. The organization, um, you know, has expectations for you, your teammates, your coaching staff. So, you know, I always felt this incredible pressure to play, but I think I put more pressure on myself than, than the outside forces that were there. So on that note, you talked earlier about how you know you're 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 often uncomfortable in that that time. The the season's a grind. You're trying to get out there. You want to be out there for the fans, for your teammates, for everybody. Um, so one of the things that I want to talk about is how much was sort of what I would call as pain uh, that was maybe severely distracting, severely debilitating, and how much did you feel, to use your word, just uncomfortable? In other words, how did you differentiate between the two, and what percentage of the time in your career were you just in that? uncomfortable phase and what percentage were you really playing through some pretty significant pain by your definition of pain? You know, that's a tough, tough uh, question to answer just in terms of sort of accurate numbers, percentages. You know, I always say that the the best time you feel is in the beginning of the season, (laughs) you know, and, and, um, you know, as the season progresses, um, you're tired, you're fatigued, um, you know, there are many a times where, you know, I can recall I, I'm heading to the game uh, three hours before the game, either a home game or an away game, and something's ailing me, something's bothering me. Um, and, you know, 
talked to my wife or, you know, texted my wife, and I'm like, look, I'm not playing tonight. I can't go. And sure enough, I end up playing, <laughs> you know. And, you know, sometimes it could just be the adrenaline, the, you know, the, 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 um, the excitement of the game. Uh, it could be, you know, getting treatment beforehand. Uh, and there have been times where I, I'm hurt and I'm hurting, but I think I can get through it, and I go out and I can't. And I had to either pull myself in, in warm-ups and lay-up line or even early in the game. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think as I sort of sort of go through the different stages of my career, um, yeah, I mean, I'd say, you know, I, I don't know if it was 50% of the time or what, but I mean, there was a good portion of, 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 of my career where, you know, something's bothering you, you know, something's hurting. And it's just how bad does it hurt? And how bad or how much are you able to overcome that discomfort, that, you know, disease or that, that you know, that, that hurt? Um, but to think you're out there and you're feeling great and everything's, you know, perfect, that, that that's, you know, it's very, very rare, rarely did that occur. Um, usually the first day of training camp, you know, going in, you feel pretty good. Um but I mean, I think that's also just part of being an athlete. You learn how to deal with that, you know, and, and it's amazing. Sometimes it's the adrenaline, um, you know. Sometimes you're just there, you feel it, you just play, and you just you, you work through it, and uh, you try to make the most of it. So we just talked there about the injuries you could play through, um, but you obviously had some where you couldn't. Um, so for somebody who isn't familiar with your story, what's your experience with surgery? Well, I mean, I had a lot of them. <laughs> um, you know, I had a, a number of surgeries during my career and, and uh, really had a difficult difficult portion of my career mid, you know, midway to, from 2000 to 2003 where I had five surgeries uh, on a uh, persistent ankle. And, you know, that I do believe the, the, the side effects are uh, as a result of those surgeries. Uh, you know, the body's a kinetic chain and, you know, there's some issues in some place that it, they'll, they'll show up elsewhere. And so, uh, afterwards, I had a number of surgeries as well um, after that whole ankle ordeal. So, you know, I, I've experienced that. I've experienced season-ending surgeries where, you know, you, you play and you, know, you have a surgery and you're out for the whole year. Uh, I've even had surgeries where there's question if I'll ever be able to play again. Uh, and then I've had the minor surgeries, you know, the scopes where, you you know, you expect it to be back in two to four weeks. So I've I've experienced you know, all of that, sort of all the mental and emotional uh, part of the recovery, um, you know, all the, the rehab and, and the frustration, and, and and then also getting to that point where surgery is required. I'm talking to you, I remember this story, and this is kind of weird when you think about it, but I, I remember Michael Jordan's last year with the Washington Wizards, and he was 40, 41 years old, he was about to retire, and we were in D.C., uh, to play them. And the day before, I went to see uh, my doctor who had done two of my surgeries, and my ankle basically was giving me problems. And I knew that um, I needed to have another surgery. But I still wanted to play against Michael. <laughs> I still I knew this would be the last opportunity for me to play against Michael Jordan. And so um, – I went out there and I, I, I suited up. I played. I started the game. I played, and he was torching me because I was basically uh, unable to move. 
and I pulled myself from the game in the first quarter. But, I mean, I think hopefully that kind of, in a weird, sick, twisted kind of way, sort of describes, you know, as an athlete, even knowing that my ankle was done and I needed to have surgery, I still opted to play one more game. Um, and, and that's sort of the psyche, I think, of an athlete. And you still think, okay, well, I can go out here against arguably the greatest player to ever play the game. Uh, and although he's 40, I can still go out here and compete. And um, maybe that's, 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 that mindset is what gets you to the point where you are a great player. But um, as I look back at it now, I'm like, that was pretty foolish on my part. But uh, I did it nevertheless. A quick break to tell you about Choose PT, the American Physical Therapy Association's national public awareness campaign. America is currently in the grips of an opioid epidemic. In some situations, dosed appropriately, prescription opioids are an appropriate part of medical treatment. But opioids only mask the sensation of pain, and opioid risks include depression, overdose, addiction, and withdrawal. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is urging healthcare providers to reduce the use of opioids in favor of safer alternatives like physical therapy for treating pain. Learn how a physical therapist can help you at moveforwardpt.com slash choosept. And now, back to this episode of Move Forward Radio. Yeah, Michael Jordan on one ankle, not recommended. Um, so, you know, that brings us to your experience uh, with opioids. And, and I I'm imagine, when, especially early on, when you had surgery, that opioids were part of the pain management process for recovering from that surgery. What, what was your experience with opioids? Because I listened to your story and about your determination to play through pain, and I can only think about, man, what a recipe for uh, becoming potentially reliant on opioids because they take the pain away. What was your experience with opioids throughout your playing career? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I mean, all of my surgeries except that towards the end were, you know, in terms of pain management uh, post-surgery, you know, opioids was, you know, were prescribed and were used and were sort of standard. Um, you know, I was never a big fan of opioids. Even kind of going back to before I had surgery, before I had these rash of injuries that required surgery, I mean, I think back to my early years in Detroit, and I remember, you know, something comes up, your calf is bruised or, you know, you, you fall on your back in a game and, you know, your trainer looks at it, the doctor looks at it, and then they prescribe uh, opioids. And, you know, I just, I, I didn't like the way I felt. I didn't like the way my stomach felt and, and just how nauseous I was. And so I would, you know, try to find an alternative way or just not take them. Um, and um, and so, of course, surgery, you have to take them. You know, I mean, the pain is excruciating a little bit different uh, than trying to play on the court. Uh, but I know uh, even then I didn't like how I felt. Um, you know, I didn't like, and, and that sort of, at that point, made, you know, I became, you know, I began to sort of research and dig into it and try to learn more about uh, opioids. And, and that's when I, um, you know, learned the addictive nature of them, um, but also understood the side effects you know, can be very drastic, and, uh, and certainly in a few cases they were with me. Yeah, so you're now serving as a spokesperson for the Plan Against Pain campaign, which is doing a great job trying to raise awareness about alternatives to opioids for pain management. And, and you talked about how you did research yourself in those in those initial days when you were getting uh, prescribed opioids for big or smaller injuries. 
Um, you know, did, was there any sense that there was any risk involved when you received those prescriptions or no? You know, you talk to your doctor, um, and, you know, I mean, they, they would, at least back then, this was, you know, almost 20 years ago. I mean, they, they would tell you that, you know, there was nothing wrong. Okay. Maybe you, you know, make sure you, you take them on a full, you know, a full stomach. Um, but, you know, until I sort of started, you know, asking around, doing some research, not necessarily talking to my medical physician, but talking to others, then I started to hear more about it. But but not not certainly aware of, you know, sort of if you fast forward to present day, how much of a problem it is. You know, I just didn't like the way I felt, and that was the big thing. And uh, as an athlete, you are so in tune with your body and, you know, with how you feel and what you put into your body. And, you know, I know for me I was very diligent about those things, uh, even going back to early in my career. And so the idea of taking something so I can, you know, get through a week in the season or taking something, um, you know, for pain, uh, I'm going to try to, you know, I'm going to try to bite the bullet and endure as much pain as possible. Uh, so I don't have to. So, you know, usually a couple of days, two or three days, the pain would subside, and then I would able to, you know, you know be able to, to get myself off them, or maybe, you know, take something that that wasn't an opioid over the counter, uh, that wasn't quite as strong. But I was never a big fan. But hey, I, that was the only option you had. At least that was, you know, what I assumed and what I thought up and you know up until, um, you know, I was introduced to another way. So when you look back, you know, you talked about how the NBA has taken steps to try to uh, alleviate the physical burden a little bit on players. You mentioned that you've talked you talked to people who are in the league now about uh, from your experience. Um, based on the way you handled your injuries throughout your career, uh, maybe being over-aggressive and wanting to be on the floor and coming back, uh, what would you do differently if you could do it differently in terms of how you sort of managed uh, pain and, and how you had managed playing through it and coming back? You know, I mean, I think the thing with me, a lot of what I went through could have been avoided. And, you know, I think, I think if, if I could go back and, and do it over again, I mean, I would listen to my body. You know, your body talks to you. You just have to learn how to listen. And, you know, I think, um, you know, I, I think all the signs were there. Um, you know, I, I, you know, at the time was sort of just, you know, I was conditioned to think that you got to play play at all costs and you know you realize how foolish that is um and even after all my surgeries and all my injuries and setbacks even at the end of my career i still thought that way <laughs> you know and you'd think at some point i would have really learned and get to a point where i understood uh how important it is to listen to your body uh, i would have trusted my instincts my gut you know i think i trusted others i trusted you know folks who told me things were good or you'll be fine or nothing no Serious damage can occur, and um, you know, in my gut, I, I, I um, you know, I, I knew that something was was not right. Um, so even now, when I talk to players, I always try to emphasize to them, you know, to listen to their body, take their time, don't rush back, you know, be smart. Uh, if you feel like you're you're healthy and you're ready to return from an injury, wait another week or two. Uh, try to take more of a long-term approach. Um, and, you know, I think because of my experiences and because of what I've gone through and endured, 
uh, I, I think people listen, you know, and, and you know, I, I wish I had someone like that as a resource, of course, when I was younger, going through all of my challenges. A quick break to tell you about Find a PT, the American Physical Therapy Association's national database of physical therapists. PTs are movement experts who treat people of all ages and abilities, helping them to improve and maintain function and quality of life. Don't wait until you have an injury to see a PT. Contact one today and learn how you can improve your fitness and prevent health problems before they start. You can contact a physical therapist near you, no physician referral required, by going to moveforwardpt.com. And now, back to this episode of Move Forward Radio. So we talked about your your experience with surgery. We talked about your experience playing through pain and, and opioids and all of that. What was your experience uh, with physical therapy, you know, during your career? Obviously, as an NBA player, you have a lot of outstanding direct access to medical care, to strength and conditioning support, rehab support, training support. Um, what impact did physical therapy have on the longevity of your career? Yeah, I mean, I benefited. It allowed me to, to play 20 years. You know, I had a number of surgeries and a number of uh, setbacks and, you know, just the, the ability to, to go from the operating room to back on the court. It's a long, arduous process. And it's not like you just, you know, have surgery and then you return. Um, you have to, to build yourself back up physically and mentally. And, um, and so physical therapy even after all the surgeries, playing and, you know, was much, you know, very much an Iron Man and not missing games, you know, you're still doing some sort of, some sort of therapy, um, you know, some sort of work, some sort of exercise uh, that might be preventative or might be uh, necessary as a result of, you know, of the surgeries. But, you know, physical therapy is, is it's been, it was an integral part of, of, you know, my career and my longevity. That kind of mental attitude of, of sort of constantly working on your body to keep it in shape, I, I don't want to imply that earlier in your career you didn't care about your body, but at, going through what you went through and playing as long as you did, did you increase focus on that as you went? Or, I mean, or did you not really change your regimen and you just were more lucky in terms of not getting as many injuries? Did something change in how you approached it? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, early on, in my early years, we had a, a really good trainer and physical therapist, and so... Um, you know, and I, I learned early. I mean, look, the, the demands of, of playing 82 games, you know, in a lot of those years I led the league in minutes. Uh, understanding, you know, recovery, diet, nutrition, uh, certain exercises, activities that will aid in uh, your ability to be productive. I mean, I, I was doing those types of things and uh, understanding the role, the, the importance of that early in my career and um you know and so obviously that became even more important um you know once once I had all these injuries <laughs> it became more important than actually working on my game um but that you know that that focus was there from from day 1 and look it's hard it's hard enough just getting through an NBA season uh you know and, and I think having that those types of resources were important um particularly early on the last question for you, obviously most people listening to this, they didn't play professional sports. They probably haven't had as many surgeries as you have had. You know, they weren't trying to make it through, you know, 19 years of, of really physical activity, never mind all the years that, that got you to the NBA. 
So, you know, you're participating in this Plan Against Pain campaign. What do you want people to understand about how they should approach pain management based on what you went through? What do you want people to understand that they can do and should do um, related to your efforts here? Well, I mean, regardless if you're a professional athlete, you're a weekend warrior, or, um, you know, you, you know, you, you, you're just someone who had an injury, maybe you fell, got an accident, surgeries required. Uh, we all have pain in some form or fashion. I think that's just part of life, particularly as we age. I think the most important thing is to educate yourself. And this campaign, uh, Plan Against Pain campaign, uh, I, to me, as I went through my struggles, my setbacks and challenges, uh, I think becoming educated, becoming aware, not just about physical therapy, not just about uh, how the body works, but also dealing with pain and your pain management. Um, you know, how do you handle post-surgery? What are your options? You know, what can you, what are your rights as a patient? You know, can, and so, you know, it's important for people to know that a lot of people who are considering surgery are very worried about uh, their post-surgery pain management. Uh, the opioid epidemic is very real, and people are concerned about that. Um, but you have options. And, uh, you know, I was fortunate uh my last few surgeries to, to, to basically have this long-acting numbing agent uh, injected into me, basically a block that lasted for, for three or four days. And uh, to my surprise, I didn't need any opioids. And um, and so, you know, there are options available. There's information. There's a great website, planagainstpain.com, uh, that's so informative. And really just, just you know, trying to get people to, like, like I said, take ownership. You know, this is your body. This is your health. You should be aware. Um, there's so much information out there. And uh, you don't have to rely on opioids to deal with pain, and particularly as you go through surgery and go through your post-surgery recovery process. Grant Hill, thanks so much. All right, thank you. Thanks again to Grant Hill. You can learn more about the Plan Against Pain campaign at planagainstpain.com. You can also learn about the opioid epidemic and safer alternatives for pain management at moveforwardpt.com slash choosept. To listen to other podcasts like this one, including an episode last year with Plan Against Pain spokeswoman Gabby Reese, search Move Forward Radio on iTunes. I'm Jason Bellamy. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guests is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or find previous episodes at moveforwardpt.com. Move Forward Radio is brought to you by MoveForwardPT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Find a physical therapist near you at MoveForwardPT.com.